0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, and FightfulSelect.com. Over on Fightful Select this week, we have Jimmy Van's match archives where you can see a young Bobby Roode uh, in 2001, just a couple months after he did a dark, or not a dark match, a velocity taping for WWE. Uh, Jimmy Van shares some of his stories with him and the other fellows in the ring running a wrestling promotion, all kinds of good stuff on that. Of course, I have Raw and SmackDown scripts up. I will have the Fightful Wrestling Weekly up early. Uh, We just filmed another retro uh, review podcast that will go up next week. New Dark Match commentary next week. And of course, at the end of the week, we have the Fightful Weekender podcast where I review everything non-Raw and SmackDown. Head over, check out all the great things at Fightful Select. But tonight, (laughs) May 29th, I am joined by Jeff Hawkins. Hi, Jeff.
2: Are you ready for white men breaking down dancing? Are you? Because you're getting it tonight.
0: I'm ready for it.
2: All the steps. Sean Ross will break down step by step. Each competitor's dance moves like Carrie Ann and Naba on meth. It'll be great.
0: I really enjoyed (laughs) this episode of SmackDown Live tonight.
2: I I liked it a lot. I'm still processing that last match. I really am because I have... I have my usual concerns, but uh it was a fun it was a fun it was a fun two hours.
0: You wouldn't be a middle-aged white man without your concerns. That's for, eh. for sure.
2: <laughs> Old oh, man Hawkins coming in to talk <laughs> dancing. Come here. Come here, little girl. We're gonna Charleston a bit.
0: Over on fightful dot com, you guys, a quick plug. I have a list of producers for last night's show. We have an injury report update. We have uh We have Raw and SmackDown spoilers ahead of each show. We have exclusives with Tessa Blanchard, Hangman, Page, and of course that FIFA Wrestling Weekly. Last week, I dropped the remaining full sale dates that are scheduled for 2018, as well as a comment from MLW's Court Bauer about WWE reaching out to their contracted talent. Jeff, what did you think when you heard of this story? WWE was told this talent is contracted to MLW and went about trying to swing a negotiation or a tryout anyway
2: um (laughs) standard operating procedure for any wrestling promotion with a television contract yeah I, i this is their move i mean the only reason we had a uk tournament was because there was the start of something on itv so is anybody really surprised and especially you know with the popularity of uh You know, Court Bauer's podcast empire, and now it's Conrad's for the most part. And it, uh, you know, it, it didn't shock me all that much.
0: Bauer told me, quote, I was actually present for the initial engagement of our talent in New Orleans. It surprised me to see it continue as I, along with the talent, had made the representative aware that the talent was signed the first time around when engaged. Maybe a case of representatives playing fast and loose. However, we now have made them aware through the proper channels. End quote. I reached out for WWE for comment. They did not reply. Shockingly.
2: Well, it, you know what they do is they test you to see, hey, can you lawyer up? Do you have the money to go for contract tampering? If you do, go for it. I mean, I they'll push that line. It's gonna I'm I'm am i I'm fascinated by all the legalities this week. I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by the Amon lawsuit actually going through as opposed to being settled. I mean it it's you know what? If if you got deep pockets, good luck.
0: Speaking of, uh we do post the MLW fusion episodes as they are released on YouTube. You mentioned the CM Punk, Chris Amon, Colt Cabana thing. They were in court today. Amir 11 days before CM Punk's UFC fight at that like he's he's about to start cutting weight right now. It's it's oh. about to get real. There here are a few tweets from Gregory Pratt who was there at the and uh, at the courthouse. He said, "I stopped in for a minute to watch the CM Punk Colt cabana defamation case. Surreal to see two wrestlers sitting across from a jury listening to a podcast of them talking life and pro wrestling." Led WWE's doctor to sue the ex champ. Caught some of WWE. Chris Amon's testimony. The podcast dropped on Thanksgiving 2014. The lawyer went through tweets uh, calling for him to be fired and news stories on the podcast. Amon disputes Punk's story about the doctor failing to treat him. On timing, the doctor is likely to continue testifying tomorrow, from what I heard. No idea how long the trial will go but they were being thorough and going through stuff. The jury heard all the controversial podcast episode, including Cabana's plug and upcoming events. CM Punk seemed visibly amused, chuckling here and there at some of the the top things in the podcast, like Cabana saying, fuck you to people who might call next week with (laughs) abrasive questions. I reached out to Gregory Pratt and asked him if it seemed as if... Punk and Cabana seemed friendly or at odds because, you know, there's been uh, much made about that. Mm-hmm. And he said he couldn't really characterize that, but they didn't seem hostile with each other. They have separate attorneys, but that would make sense if they played different roles in the podcast, host and interviewee. Also, he said that Punk looked good and fit ahead of his 225 fight and that he was mostly serious and attentive. But there were moments where some of the wrestling talk was over the top or uh, aforementioned, the aforementioned comment that he seemed amused by. Anything about this pop out, stand out to you? I can tell you that when I was at Wrestling Inc. at the time, they, as as Raj put it at the time, WWE sent us about four minutes of ass shots of CM Punk from that Royal Rumble trying to prove to us that he did not have staff on his ass. So that, that's really the only communication I've ever had between WWE <laughs> about the situation. I don't know how to Other take that, that Sean Ross. I don't quite. know how
2: to take that. Um... I am a a little shocked that I'm wondering if, if punk's lawyers asked for a continuance or not, I I, I really am because look, if I'm, if I'm the lawyers for Amon, I drag this thing out as much as I can on my presentation and keep punk from training. I, I mean, if you've ever sat in court for jury duty alone or just that it is long, it is tough. It is not the easiest thing to sit there, even with the breaks. It is a long day. And if this goes five, six days, that cuts significantly into the training. I'm just I'm 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 guessing that Punk's lawyers may have asked for continuance and Amon's may have may have balked at that and argued the case in front of the judge not to. Um that's the thing that stands out to me. I, I just can't believe he's, he's maintaining a decent training and cutting schedule while being in court for eight hours a day.
0: I would agree. By the way, your connection is cutting out frequently.
2: It might be my air conditioning. I'm going to
0: go turn it off. Your air conditioning? Mm-hmm. Air conditioning doesn't cut your internet out?
2: No, but it might be affecting the noise in the background. So give me a second.
0: Hot dog. Hot dog. Well, this CM Punk situation will continue to unfold, and we will have updates for you over at Fightful.com. Of course, you can get all of your free pro wrestling news over at FightfulWrestling.com. Wednesday, listen, you boy, I'm sure Jimmy Van's going to have a lot to talk about, the Enzo Amore situation, as well as additional stuffs that are going down. But we have SmackDown Live to talk about. Samoa Joe charges to the ring. Cuts a pretty great promo after he grabs a ladder from under the ring. I feel like if anybody else cut this promo, it wouldn't be good. But the way that Samoa Joe does it and the demeanor that he has, it makes almost everything good. He, he tells Brian uh, to call up Bree Bella. And essentially, just takes a shot at his family. References the family. Your thoughts on the Samoa Joe portion of, of this promo?
2: I would agree. It's one of those things where... um only joke and pull off that kind of verbiage with the jacob's ladder met- metaphors and you know it, it's <laughs> it, it's kind of like he's almost putting on like a preacher voice when he's doing it too so so it's kind of a it it's always lines are bad um i really like brian's reference or brian's uh response to this this is what got me going was he just comes out, no music, and says, I'm going to break your leg if you talk about my family again. I thought that was outstanding. That's what I want in wrestling. I want guys to be actually angry at things that people say to them, and I want people to say things that would actually make people angry. That's all I, that's all I really am asking for in, in wrestling is to build feuds that way.
0: It sure beats the Goldberg popping up and saying, heard what you said about my family. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, like, Like he caught somebody on national TV saying it. The crowd was loving Daniel Bryan. Yes, chance all over the place. Big Cass comes out in a suit with a crutch and says that the match isn't happening because Paige told him he'll face Joe when he's cleared, which is now. And then he cracks Joe with a crutch and throws Bryan into the ladder. I thought this was outstanding from all involved. Honestly, I really like this opening segment. It was just right. They worked me.
2: They worked me on the cast knee thing, and and good on them for doing it. Um, I I thought he had actually dinged it on this that's, last tour.
0: That's why your boy hasn't been reporting that.
2: Yeah. Um. No, and it was done very well. I thought. I thought. Uh, thought everybody played played their part quite quite good here. I liked that uh, the initial shot hit Joe as opposed to Brian. I think that was a nice little touch as well. So um. Yeah, I had no complaints.
0: One more Fightful Select plug. Uh, A sponsor tier member, Alex Andreessen, attended this show. He'll be on the Members Only podcast, our, our next edition, and we'll talk about his experience at this show, how he felt about the main event change, a lot of that. He asked me if I had any scoops before he left, and I was like, man, I get them right before showtime. I'm sure he would have liked to have known about this one, though. Backstage, Paige says that Samoa Joe shouldn't have hijacked the show and that Cass shouldn't speak for her. She makes the main event triple threat. We will get to that later, though. Nakamura's backstage carrying around numbers like Ty Dillinger used to do. Oh, I thought that was a good touch.
2: A little touch of Bob Dylan back in the day, too. Just, you know, the various things, putting him down. No, I, I, like, I like this. I like that in all the builds for all of Nakamura's matches, for the most part, he's had a very simple straight-ahead thing that he just continually repeats. If, if it wasn't need a face now it's just he's counting to 10 and it's simple and it's straight ahead and and yeah and and dillinger is the perfect gimmick for this kind of stipulation to be a sacrificial lamb for nakamura so yeah i liked it a lot
0: ty dillinger has been gone from tv for so long i did not recognize his hairstyle at all it was different like barely longer up top but i feel like it's been two years since i've seen him on tv I really wish I could have seen him get eaten in the side of the head on that uh, suicide dive attempt, but, you know, zooms and stuff. He eats a nasty, <laughs> na- nasty axe kick, and Nakamura starts to count Dillinger down as if it were a last man standing match. This leads to a fantastic spot where Nakamura gets to nine, Dillinger makes it to his feet, and then Dillinger counts the ten because why wouldn't he? That was outstanding.
2: Oh, both of them were, were great. It, I, I really loved the first one with the eye roll that uh, Nakamura's yes. over the top eye roll was just absolutely fantastic on camera. And then yes, this is very basic kind of old school storytelling to me, you know, it, it, the guy with the 10 count or the 10 with the gimmick uh, just, I, I loved Nakamura counting and just kind of dancing around, not even, even paying attention to Dillinger during the count. So he doesn't see that he stood up, and as he faces him, gets the double fives right in the face. It was absolutely perfect. You're right.
0: Very, very good. Uh, Dillinger then uses Nakamura's taunt and fights back. He gets Kinshasa, though. This was a fun match. Nakamura hits another big knee after and then counts Dillinger out. I just really liked it. It was a good setup match for this last man standing Ty Dillinger losing to a Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't hurt him at all. He's pretty much bulletproof in what he does anyway, because he is what he is. The irony is I, he was one of those guys I heard. They never really had any plans to call up. He was to be a player coach, but he got so over that it forced their hand, but did it really force their hand because they haven't done anything with him. Still the main event highlight of his career is appearing at the Alamo Dome as number ten, mm-hmm. and that was and, before he got called up.
2: Yeah, but th- this is probably what you figured the ceiling for him would be with with the ten gimmick. So I, I, you know, if if WWE took actual care and step by step storytelling, and maybe this is a new one for them, um, this was absolutely perfect. I thought I thought this is this is the type of thing that would get someone invested in a story if there was a progression after this, as a way to get to that. Um, last-man-standing match.
0: Dill will be that guy that one day pins WWE in a non-title match and then loses to him three weeks in a row after that. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he'll do. Backstage, J.J. Styles cuts a promo and basically says he'll be the last-man-standing. Run-of-the-mill stuff, but, I mean, he had this crowd there for the end of it. This crowd was a great crowd, by the way, a- an outstanding crowd. Hey, the same crowd that got – wwe SummerSlam 2000 our retro review this month at fightfulselect.com then it's time for the real main event of the show the dance off lana versus naomi naomi brings out the usos did she think that aiden and rusev were gonna like beat the shit out of her <laughs> what was what's her deal why did she need backup
2: I was thinking that 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 the, there were going to be routines involved. I thought I thought it was going to be like like step what was it step to the streets or something. I thought I thought everybody was going to be involved with this when once the
0: Usos came out. People um, thought I was crazy saying Lana was going to win this. People thought I was nuts. Playboys, I, I do my research, and my research is I saw the Lana promos. And I've seen Naomi dance in her entrance every week for a year and a half. Lana's winning; she won.
2: <laughs> I, you know what? I am glad that they went against the usual trope that one woman can't dance as well as the other. I thought both of them really did well here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and uh, and you know what? even though it, it, it makes no logical sense to have to, they faced Lana last week and now they healed her this week a bit, um, a bit, they, they healed her. Um, I, I liked everything about this segment. I was, I, it more than surpassed my expectations, which I thought were going to be bad comedy from Lana. Then Naomi kills it. And then Lana attacks her. I, I thought, I thought there was a lot of smart stuff. I loved the delay on the turn by Lana. I mean, you knew it was coming. I mean, everybody in the building knew it was coming and they delayed it just enough where you thought, well, maybe they're not going. Oh, there it is. Okay.
0: And I like that too. So according to my poll results, (laughs) Lana won 64% to 36%. They danced together after this hug and then out of nowhere... Lana becomes the Scorpio Sky to Naomi's Human Tornado.
2: <laughs> I, uh, I liked the kid and play. I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, my, my, my joke was um, it, it's, it's a national tragedy that Naomi did not dance to Somebody Call My Mama.
0: I was talking <laughs> to somebody this week uh, about how they went to Rupp Arena at, uh, in 06. I often say that God wrestled 50 minutes from my doorstep, and I didn't go see them, or didn't go see them. It was Backlash 06. They used that theme for God as well. Also, it was Lamont and Ernest Miller's theme. Yes. That theme got recycled so much. So, Ernest the Cat Miller, Lamont, God, Naomi, Rodis Clay, and Cameron all used that. That's getting some mileage out of your theme song. It's actually
2: one of my favorites and I loved Ernest the Cat and Lamont especially in that uh, The Rumble The Rumble spot is one of my favorite things.
0: The the Phantom Wig was fantastic where I don't even know if that was supposed to happen. I need to find out because Lamont they went to go throw Lamont over and he didn't go his wig did. And then they had to throw him out again. It was fantastic. Great stuff. One of my favorite Royal Rumble spots as well. So later on, Lana and Aiden English versus Jimmy Uso and Naomi is made for next week. This comes after Naomi hits Lana in the face with her ass. This is harmless, essentially. Yeah, Very this is true.
2: harmless. L- let me ask you something. For next week, are they going to pull it that Aiden English blows it for the team and they go back to the turn again?
0: Oh, I hope not. They've got baby faces. They've got three good ones right here. They're trying to make them heal so bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I- I'm on board with... Don Callis, who says, please don't be a cool heel. If you can avoid being a cool heel today, please avoid it, because it's really hard to be a baby face in 2018. I, yeah. I mean, I would just avoid that. I would go a different direction.
2: Also spectacular, when Lana comes out with Aiden and Rusev, the look that Rusev gives Lana when she takes off, uh, t- takes off the, the cape, And throws it at him,
0: and reveals her vagina gear. Did you see that? (laughs) I didn't even notice the giant vagina on the chest of her gear until someone pointed it out to me. I'm like, I was going to use a dance off (laughs) thumbnail on on this video, but we're going to get flagged from YouTube. We don't have to have Anna on here cursing. Lana's going to get us flagged. You've already yelled. He passed three weeks. I don't think
2: yelling vagina is going to be the one that gets
0: us. No, but having one on the thumbnail of the video on her ear, mother (laughs) of God, mother of God. (laughs) How do I even recover off of that? I don't know. (laughs) New day defeated the Miz and the bar. This was awesome. Also awesome. Backstage. A blindfolded Miz doing karate to pancakes, <laughs> and shockingly accurate. <laughs> Where is Jobs? Yeah.
2: I think that blindfold was work, Sean Ross. Have I wouldn't be that impressed. I
0: don't care <laughs> with full with full, uh, full yes. vision. That's
2: tough, man. No, I agree. He has great reflexes. I think. What What is the butler's name for the pancakes? butter mr buttersworth i think well i don't think it's buttersworth because i think there's a ip situation with that so they call him something else mm. but uh i thought he was spectacular too and what little he did um yeah i, I <laughs> Ms. chopping pancakes i never thought i'd see that but uh now i can't unsee it and it was great
0: it was uh pretty incredible it was pretty incredible the bar are in control through a commercial hit Kofi with a decapitator. I love that they've adopted that, the old demolition finish, Mm -hmm. because why not? Uh, The heels send Biggie into the barricade, and that really puts New Day at a disadvantage. Kofi comes back, gets an SOS on the Miz. Xavier gets a hot tag. This isn't something we get to see a whole lot of. Xavier Woods getting a hot tag. Really loved it. Man, like a couple years ago, he was considered essentially the weak link in the ring if you were to listen to most people. That is not the case now. I don't know that they have a weak link in the ring.
2: No, I would agree. I, I you know, there were there were the jokes that when the New Day formed, they didn't be cut, which um, I, I don't know if you agreed with or not. But uh, no, I, I thought this was this was a fun sprint, and you know, it, it was a sprint where a lot of the drama was high spots and
1: still a lot
2: of fun. I th- thought all guys looked good here. I think Miz is still very undervalued in the ring in terms of what he does. I thought he was quite good in this match as well. And that, that spot that uh, Xavier did, who should- did he
0: jump on somebody's he, shoulders? He jumped off of uh, Sheamus's shoulders in the corner and does a right. tope con helo to the outside on Cesaro, popped right that. back in and hit a tornado DDT on Sheamus.
2: Loved that entire sequence.
0: It was magnificent. These guys, ooh, this was a good six man tag match. The bar get a two on a backdrop, axe handle. Then Big E re emerges for that Uranagi backstabber combo. Crowd was invested. It was it was sure fire. This match was gonna tear it up. They would have had they would have had to have tried to slow it down intentionally and done that stupid uh slow it down heat thing mm. for for this to have not been good. Sheamus stops a YOLO dive, a Miz DDT pin is breaking up, broken up. Xavier gets caught by the bar outside. They send him into the barricade, but they don't stop Kofi's dive. And then in the ring, uh, Miz hits the big ending on, or Big E hits the big ending on the Miz, gets his pin back. A nice transition into that as well. Good match, a good way to get Big E's pin back on the Miz as well without making Miz look weak because it is a tag match. I thought it helped all involved. Agreed. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows cut a promo about Anderson's abs, say that they made up with the Usos last week over a beer. That was a nice way to kind of put a bow on why those two teams would maybe get along in future episodes of this show. I like that. It's a nice touch. They then cut a promo about the Bludgeon Brothers, who appear on the screen and say some dumb, incoherent shit. This, this was probably mean, in my estimation
2: hitting. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think this promo, this Bludgeon Brothers thing, was probably the worst thing on this entire show.
2: I I agree, and they still, they're they're very confused on how to present the Bludgeon Brothers. I think I I, I don't think anybody's scared by them. I don't think anybody is is loving this presentation necessarily. I I just. I think they continue to do these missteps with with those two. And I th- I like them as a team a lot. I like them as a power team. You know, let them, you know, they don't need to be wordy. Okay. They don't need to be eloquent. They don't need to be, you know, loquacious. They just need to say they're going to kill people. That's all they need to say. And it'd be good enough.
0: Charlotte and Becky Lynch are backstage. By the way, I really hope WWE don't fly Harper and Rowan to TV every week to do that shit. Mm-hmm. Charlotte and Becky are backstage. They're discussing who will win the women's matches at the Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. This is after the Asuka-Mandy match we're about to talk about, but they get into a bit of a calm debate, essentially, over who will win the latter match. Paige shows up for a PCB reunion, even references it, asks them to drink some tea, and sets up a match between the two. thought this was fine. Okay, way to set up a match between the two. Uh,
2: this was the thing I didn't like the most because I liked I, I liked Becky's kind of – it played into Becky's great, you know, playful sense of humor. And then the first two-thirds of that promo were great, and it got to the PCB joke, and then it died right there because I think partly because Paige stumbled a bit on the line, but also it, it just felt like we need to shoehorn a PCB reference in here. Ta da! And then, and then they did it, and it was kind of like, huh, huh. Let's drink some tea, huh, huh. And they were kind of paused like that. It, it really fell flat after really kind of getting some momentum at first. I thought I, 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 it didn't go as well for me as it did for you.
0: You find it weird that they didn't book Charlotte or Jeff Hardy to wrestle on TV tonight, babyface. Um, is
2: mine. I find it more weird that they didn't book. Yeah. Because hometown stuff, <laughs> but then again, had they done it, given last night when they beat Mickey in Richmond, I mean, th- their move is to beat people in their hometown. So maybe we should be thankful they didn't do that.
0: Their method of doing that all the time is so just pointless.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm. Look, you're you're talking to the king of angry at beating Bailey in San Jose, so. <laughs>
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Andrade C. and Almas is approached backstage by Sin Cara, but Zelina Vega is not having any of it. it says that Sin Cara does not know Andrade Cien and Almas, and he is the future of WWE. Clearly, to set up a match, your thoughts?
2: I more or less like this segment. I liked that. I, I kind of liked the connection between the two, and then you kind of had to pause to deal with whatever Zelina was saying, and then it was back to those two a little bit. Um. Yeah. No. It's harmless segment to set up a match that uh, Sin Cara is going to win, and it's probably going to be better than we expect because I, I I think Sin Cara, you know, when 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 he got the shoe contract, every match he's had since has been pretty darn good. I think
0: that's a, it's such an unusual guy to get a shoe contract, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Like man, man. And, I mean, there are no shortage of pro wrestlers wearing sneakers in the ring now. I would argue that, I mean, all all across the board, like, it's it's almost 50-50. Like, wrestling boots are, I'm not saying they're going the way of the Dodo or anything, but they are nowhere near as prevalent as they used to be. Like, probably a pretty even split. I'm surprised, like, a Carmella hasn't gotten a deal or anybody. Like, I know Shane McMahon gets some customs made for himself, but. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Backstage, Absolution gives Paige grief for giving Asuka opportunities that she doesn't deserve. So Paige books Asuka and Mandy Rose in a match later on. Carmella joins the commentary booth. Just in time to see Sonya Deville attack Asuka from behind before the match. I thought it was a solid way to give an excuse uh, for Mandy Rose getting some offense. Although the amount of offense that she got, that attack I think should have been a little more severe.
2: Yeah, I think I think she should have laid it in a little bit more in order to, in order to really beat down Asuka and get over that. She, was, I mean, the one shot and she's down. Wh- why not continue and follow up on that? You're getting kicked kicked out anyways. You might as well follow up on it. I'll, I'll say something else about the backstage segment. This was one of the better walk and talks to set up that they did with the staging of it because usually it's just she walks, she stops, you look, and then the camera pans over and the two people are there. Pretending to have a conversation in this one. It appeared that Absolution was hiding behind the corner and came out. I thought that was a really nice little touch on this one.
0: It was different. Mm-hmm. I like different. I'm all for that. Yes. I also liked uh, the different in Mandy's inverted gut wrench suplex. That was, that cool. was great. That, that was one. really cool.
2: <laughs> I popped for that.
0: <laughs> it was yeah i i've mentioned this before sometimes i just like seeing things that i haven't seen before or things done a little bit differently like kenny omega is so good at just if he doesn't do a new move he sells something different than i've ever seen somebody sell sell something before uh cheap plug for fightful Select.com, i watched the great american bash 96 and ddp did like five or six things different than what i saw like He took one of those stunners over the rope, but instead of selling it back in the ring, he fell over the top rope with it. Like he did it (laughs) different than everything I'm used to seeing. So uh, shout outs to Mandy Rose for doing that. She controls the action uh, through the commercial break. Oscar pulls the Oscar lock out of nowhere and wins. Really not offense for her.
2: No. And and, um, it's so weird that they've almost – forgot Asuka's almost a footnote she's an entrance and and a hip check for the most part and, and the oscar lock uh I liked Carmella on commentary on this I thought I thought she was pretty good especially playing off Corey's <laughs> Corey's apoplectic about about his favorite Manny Rose getting beat up and he can't have a conversation because he's in such pain watching her get beat up I liked that quite a bit um I don't like the walk into the ring and just stare bit that they always do. I really, I'm like, Oscar's kicking her in the head. What is what is keeping her from kicking her in the head right now?
1: And yeah. just and
2: they just play the music and they leave. It, it's just it's one of those weird idiosyncrasies that they like to do for staging. I get if it's a big match to do that. And then walk away, but they keep it there for the staring part way too long for me to buy it, and it it takes me out of 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 the build in some ways when they do it like that.
0: No real reaction for this awkward Carmella stare down.
2: Mm-hmm. Because no one buys her as as the champ necessarily, so. Why why would they why would they go oh oh yes there we go this is the match we've all been waiting for i i like her as champ too i just think that's the wrong way to present her that's the way you present a charlotte and i think that's probably why they did it is to for her to have that kind of false bravado doing it i just i just think they kind of uh they needed to do something in the presentation to uh, indicate that i guess
0: i've mentioned this for a long time but i think that the mandatory rematch clause hurt both Charlotte and Carmella because like people were okay with or I was, I was okay with Carmella winning via money Mm -hmm. in the bank because I mean, that's what she would do her beating Charlotte clean, even with the injury. And you know, you can always say slip on a banana peel injuries happen, but it handcuffs them into making a top star lose twice in a row. Yes. They want to start a new champion. Also, it handcuffed them, essentially, into this Carmella win. She, uh, Her winning clean hurt her character. Yes. I think it hurt her as a champion because the, the idea shouldn't have been to make her a clean champion, make her a real champion. It should have been to make her a fake champion because well, that was the line of thinking.
2: Well, remember, they didn't exactly give her a quote-unquote clean win because Charlotte's knee was hurt. It, it, was, I mean, a it was
0: clean, not to them, though.
2: Yeah, not to them. That that's to me,
0: it. if I take an MMA fight tomorrow with Jeff Hawkins, and all of a you. sudden he gets a shin splint and can't continue, ah, uh, sorry. Uh, I'm, if we're in the cage, I won that fight. It was clean. I didn't cheat. Carmela didn't cheat. Carmela or Charlotte, her knee gave out. That was, mm-hmm. was. I just thought it was really bad. Money in the bank qualifying match. Samoa Joe defeated Daniel Bryan and Big Cass, and he will move on to the money in the bank ladder match. Early on, I noted even Daniel Bryan's botches look awesome. He called his comeback spot, and Samoa Joe really helped him because he flipped, and Joe did have to help him. And it seemed like time froze, but somehow Bryan got over the back and still took out Big Cass. That looked kind of neat. Yeah. No, I I
2: uh No, it was funny because when they added Cass into this, I'm like, well, good. They didn't give us the dream match right away. Mm -hmm. They're gonna they're gonna build for it. And and I didn't mind that as much. And I thought Cass held his own in this match, to be honest with you. I I don't think he was spectacular, but I don't think I don't think he really brought it down too much either.
0: The only way I would have really wanted this dream match to happen on a SmackDown is if it started at the nine o'clock hour and and continued. Through the entire show. I'm talking like Cena HBK in was it Manchester or London style? Like that I thought that was the perfect way to do it. Cass chucks Brian. Oh, rather, uh Brian dove onto both Cass and Joe, but gets chucked over the announce table. I loved Cass's way of staring down Brian after this. It was so menacing. Really fit him. Brian makes it back in the ring. Beats down Joe until Cass returns to clothesline Brian for two. Cass gets the Empire elbow, East River Crossing, but Brian, uh, yes, kicks both, then attacks the knee of Cass. We get the coquina coquina clutch, but then uh, Brian bridges backwards, rolls onto his shoulders, which pins uh, Joe's, applies the yes lock to Cass. Joe breaks it up, rewarded by a knee off the apron. Then Brian cracks cast with the knee, but gets put in the Coquina clutch, and Joe wins. I thought you know WWE does triple threat matches really, really well, multiple person matches really well. Anyway, but I understand that you have some concerns. I just I
2: think Daniel Bryan needed to be beat down a little bit more. I I I think to protect him a little bit for, uh, if they're gonna beat him like this when he's the hottest babyface in the company right now other than maybe Seth Rollins. I, I think they need to protect him a little bit more. They protected Cass, which is fine. I, I think they just, he was way too fresh to get beat like that. They need to really kind of pound on him a little bit more in order to sell that he couldn't fight out once he was caught in the Coquina Clutch. That, that was my concern, because they don't do straight-ahead babyfaces that well, if, if you haven't noticed. And right now, I'm not sure they know what they got with Daniel Bryan. I I gotta be honest with you I don't think they know how they think they have Daniel Bryan and they think he's popular but this version of Daniel Bryan the ass-kicking small guy Daniel Bryan that doesn't take crap like talking about his wife and kid is something special and I think a little bit more thought about that may have may have eschewed my concerns a bit
0: understandable I think that this reaction tonight should give them a pretty good indication of what they have with the Daniel Bryan. He had them in the palm of his hand the entire night. Cass did get frustrated and boot Bryan after the match. It's very clear that's where we're going, is a Bryan-Cass match. Do you think we're also getting a Rusev Day versus Usos match at Money in the Bank?
2: Probably.
0: With Rusev Day playing the heels.
2: If they can make it to the card, they may, they may be, it may be pre-show, but I think they may do that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, they're, they're four hours now, so. Yeah, that's true. Anything is possible. Here's a look at the Money in the Bank card thus far. We have the last man standing match, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey for the Women's Championship. Hmm. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match, Strowman, Balor, Miz, Rusev, a member of the New Day rude owens and samoa joe with a women's money in the bank ladder match ember moon charlotte alexa bliss becky lynch natalia lana naomi sasha banks carmella versus oscar for the smackdown women's championship smackdown live tag team titles anderson and gallows against the bludgeon brothers and then we have lay or lashley versus zane and reigns versus mahal that's an okay looking card in my estimation um I wonder if they'll get the U.S. title on at all. I mean, that has had no story at all. Right. And they don't have to have every title on every show, but if a show is four hours, why the hell isn't your United States title on the show? Exactly. It, it, Laziness.
2: <laughs> well, we need we need recaps and packages and, uh, and uh, char- charity videos.
0: Yeah. Got to get Titus on that TV somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: upcoming weeks of SmackDown Raw. Is there anything you're really looking forward to? I see it as placeholder stuff for the next couple of weeks.
2: A lot of 50-50. That, that's what I'm seeing. Let, let me, I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the show last night yet. Uh, thoughts on Sasha being put in this match as the choice in the gauntlet. What did you think of that?
0: The more I see stuff like this and the way that a lot of things are booked the more I want to slap around the people that said, oh, oh no, they're building Sasha Bailey for SummerSlam. That's what they're doing. It's the slow build. It's the slow build. No build doesn't include doesn't equal slow build. This match should have happened at WrestleMania. It should have gotten time on WrestleMania. The show was real long. There's no reason it shouldn't have happened. We should be in the midst of a Sasha Banks heel run right now. Or a feud between Sasha and Bailey right now.
2: I, I tend to agree. I, I think, and I also thought Ruby riot was the call here. I, I thought, she's you know, standing, she's been so good. Number one, number two, they've been trying to keep in terms of the raw side or the people who were in the elimination chamber. They've been keeping those women out of the match for the most part, with the exception of Alexa bliss. So you got a lot of new faces in there. They built her up with wins over Sasha and Bailey, and while they beat her in the triple threat, if she had come back and won this, no one would have remembered that Ember Moon beat her in the triple threat because she, they were already misbalanced on on face heel dynamic in this match at the time because Lana was still a baby face at the time. I just thought everything pointed to giving the Riot Squad a bit of a rub here and especially Ruby for all her work. I I thought that was the call here. And then I heard some people say, no, Sasha's the proper call here. And with no explanation, my only thinking was, well, maybe it's just because she can do certain spots or, or or something like that. I think, you know, I I think Sasha Bailey should happen eventually. I mean, (laughs) I don't know how long they're going to postpone it for, but also, if you look at this match now, Bailey's the only horsewoman not in the Money in the Bank match, which is kind of a yet again another slap to her, and you know she's what the victim of bad booking. I mean, it it, it just everything to me pointed that it should have been uh, um, Ruby Riot in this
0: match. I completely agree. This match should have been used to right now. If you go back two months, Sasha Bailey should have happened at WrestleMania. The feud should still be going on. They should have another match. At Money in the bank, or both be in the Money in the Bank match anyway, and cost one another, and then accelerate mm-hmm. it further. And Ruby Riot should have won that gauntlet match. There's no reason why there shouldn't be two or three women's programs going on right now on Raw. The the latter match, Sasha and Bailey, and Rousey, and Nia Jax, especially with the amount of talent they have on that brand.
2: Yeah, it should have been either Ruby hmm. or should have been uh, Mickey James and Richmond, I, I think. And you put another veteran hand in that match because. I think they could use all the help they can get with that.
0: Hearing good things about the 205 live title match right now. Go check that out tonight, and it will be covered on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. Also, guys, programming note this Friday is the UFC Utica post show, uh, a little bit of a different night for UFC to run. If you are in the Northern Kentucky area, I am calling the action at Premier MMA Championships 8 in Covington, Kentucky. If you want to check that out remotely, it's on Fight TV. Definitely check that out. We've had a lot of uh, Northern Kentucky MMA talent end up in the UFC and in Bellator. So I will be around for that. Jeff, what do you have going on this week?
2: Um, this week, uh, shake them up. I think it's going to be me and Mike for from wrestling observer Ooh. Uh, doing an hour on the WWE. Yeah. Um, we should be taping tomorrow. That, that should be a lot of fun. Um,
0: I am a center. Uh, be- ask- fan.
2: I am as well. Let me uh, let me ask you this: um, thought any thoughts on Io Shirai's signing for uh, WWE? Well,
0: assuming she gets cleared, like that's yes. the thing she has to pass medicals, and Again. that yeah. that is hardly a, a shoe in. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, good. I, you know what? I'm shocked because WWE would have never, never had this many. A third Asian groups. woman. This many Asian women, Asian people who couldn't speak fluent English, on the roster. At a, like times are changing. I like that. I really. I think really she's
2: like gonna that. be fine on NXT. I, I just think I have no faith in 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 the main roster handling her or Kyrie. They can't even handle the NXT call ups. They just called up. To do anything. What has what anybody who's been called up done so far? Really?
0: Yeah. Let me ask you. Drake or Pusha T? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm team
2: anti-Drake, so I'll go with Pusha T.
0: As will I. I've been a Clips fan for over 15 years. Since I was in high school, I've been listening to Clips. Guys, leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. We have Spotify. We have... Uh, iHeartRadio, we have all that good stuff, Player FM, iTunes. Uh, subscribe. Hit that little bell notification. That helps us as well. Until next time, guys, check out Listen, Your Boy, on Wednesday. Holy Smoke Show uh, aired today. We had like four interviews, had pros, picks, all that good stuff. Till next time, guys, we are out.